Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Here's Armstrong and Getty. We're talking about the top murder rates uh, in America, various cities. Uh, Chicago, Cook County, got a lot of attention for passing a 1,000. But that's an enormous city um, and and uh, with huge populations in a bunch of the suburbs right around Chicago. Per capita, Chicago's a punk. It's, it's 28th in America per capita. A little over 18 people per 100,000 get murdered every year, which is plenty, by the way. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. But you scroll down to the top five. Keeping in mind, Chicago is at about 18 people. You got Dayton, Ohio at about 34 people Woo! per 100,000. Detroit, Michigan, about 41 people per 100,000. Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> There's... Well, there's not that many syllables in Alabama, no? You can't fool me. <laughs> Birmingham, over almost 51 people. Baltimore, 58. Well, St. Louis, Missouri, folks, 65 people per 100,000 get murdered. So more than three times Chicago area, Cook County? Uh, yeah, roughly, yeah. So, yeah. Indeed. Uh, so mm-hmm. why does Chicago get, why, why do every weekend I hear how many people were shot and killed in Chicago? Every week, every Monday I hear that with usually, you know, conservative, uh, shows, hosts, columns trying to make a point. But why aren't they mentioning, I can mention, I can understand why you don't mention Dayton and Birmingham. Because uh, I don't know if you could extrapolate that to some, but, but why not Detroit and St. Louis? They're big cities. Well, at the risk of getting a little cerebral, um, I think it's because part of it is human beings have a harder time relating to per capita numbers, rates as opposed to numbers. You That's could interesting. Argue, I find them easier to digest. But. Yeah, I mean, you could argue that if if I live in uh, Joe Gettysville, uh, Ohio. And and uh, we have one. You murder. named the town after yourself. Uh, the uh, the community did, in a loving tribute to me. Wow! I was I was taken aback. I couldn't believe it. I'm humbled, but thank wow. you. Wow! They like anyway. you so much. They named it Joe Gettysville. So uh, Joe Gettysville, Ohio. We got 137 people. Small town, very intimate. One person gets murdered every single year. That is a horrific rate per capita. Oh, yeah. I'm I mean, mind-boggling. I'm from lots of small towns that um, I don't think there's ever been a murder, most of the small towns I ever mm-hmm. lived in. And if there ever was one, people would talk about it for decades. Well, yeah. I mean, it'd literally be one in 600, which is, again, a horrific murder rate. On the other hand, Chicago County, if you prefer, um, the sheer number of humans who are murdered is uh, mind-boggling. I mean, it's huge. And so I think people react perhaps appropriately to it's just a hell of a lot of humans who die there. Okay. Even though per capita it's not as many, not nearly as not many. Not even as close. Blood-soaked St. Louis. St. Louis shouldn't be known for the damned arch. It should be named, It should be known for the corpses. I don't know if I'm going to go on vacation to see the corpses. They're going to rename the Cardinals. They ought to. Sickening. And they got way left leadership. They've got that crank. You remember that crank DA who went after the poor people who just tried to defend them or their homes when the mob was uh, tearing down their gates? Anyway, St. Louis is troubled. But as again, as I was saying earlier, perhaps you've noticed crime is uh, skyrocketing in America. And more and more folks are speaking out about it, including... 
San Francisco Police Department Sergeant Tracy McCrary, who uh, made an appearance on Tucker Carlson and was uh, sparing no one's feelings in expressing uh, their perception of the situation. Start with 20, Michael. Uh, San Francisco, as you can see from all the videos, the boarded up shops, the empty spaces for retail, is a city that is spiraling or already in the bottom of the toilet. So what's going to happen? I mean, can it get worse? Anything is possible. The bottom of the toilet, because the top of the toilet's no treat, but the bottom of the toilet's really where all the, the rubber meets the road. The middle of the toilet, oddly enough, is like the eye of a hurricane. It's actually quite pleasant, but you don't want to be in the bottom. Moving along, next clip. Well, for me, it's very frustrating because I'm a native here, born and raised. Uh, the time I did spend in the Bayview before I was promoted to the lieutenant, who's now in charge of the robbery unit, which is my day job, uh, I see all of this in real time. And it's concerning. I see this when I'm working. I see this when I'm off duty. I see this as the vice president of the union representing the men and women trying to serve this city to the best of their ability. Uh, I don't know about our other partners, what they're doing, but we have a problem. Let's recognize that we have a problem and let's get to a solution. Yeah, that's the thing. If you've lived somewhere a lot, like the town that I'm in, I've been in for like 20 years. And, and my argument is this. It didn't used to be like this. All right. Mm-hmm. So why is it this way now? What did we do th- to change it to this? Can we change it back to the way it used to be? Do we all remember what it used to be like? It wasn't like this. Now, from high on their unicorns, a certain uh, percentage of people would say, well, it's because uh, rent is expensive now and people can't afford to live, blah, blah, blah. Because the rent is high, because if you raised my rent, you know, the first thing I do, poop on the street. And the first thing I would do as a reaction to the high rent is poop on the street. Well, and take meth all day long, meth that melts right. my brain. And break Let- into your car and steal your stuff. Let's give the sergeant one more shot. Well, I'll say a lot now. Uh, you mentioned uh, the DA, the recall that is happening. Uh, you had 83,000 signatures. They want to blame the Republicans. We don't have 83,000 Republicans in San <laughs> no, Francisco. So it's no, a cross. Don't. No, we don't. So it's a cross section of people who are now fed up. The West Portal area just had a sideshow, uh, which has set people off. Uh, so, like, we know what we need to do. Let's just have the guts to do it and stop talking about it. I have no doubt anymore. I didn't have much doubt, but now I'm utterly convinced of the the, the broken windows principle. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's uh, I'm not sure that's the best name for it. But San Francisco, for instance, and, you know, I'm looking at you, Chicago. I'm looking at you, Seattle and Portland and and, and Sacramento and, and, and L.A. and, you know, dozens of other Austin, you name it. Um. You have open drug markets, people selling drugs, people taking dangerous drugs at a time when we have hundreds of thousands of drug overdoses now. Well over 100,000 last year. It's on the rise right now. I just read, you know, fentanyl, an ounce of it can kill 100 million people or whatever it is. They now have a substance on the streets that's much more powerful than fentanyl. What the hell is that? Yeah, I know it. I know it. I couldn't believe it. Um, But so you're allowing theft, looting. You know, they say they're going to crack down on the looting thing and the organized gang thing. I haven't seen it yet. Defecation. 
it, it could be they've gone too far. They've let it go too far that it's going to take a very long time to get the genie back in the bottle. But so you're allowing all of this lawlessness. You're condoning it. You're making excuses for it. There's a horrific case where four black teenagers beat an Asian girl to within an inch of her life. Horrifying. And there are politicians making excuses for the girls who did the beating. Oh, they're saying it's a question of they haven't had equity. Oh, boy. All okay. Right. So we've let society get this far, and then we act sh- shocked that people take the the horrifically liberal limits we've set, and they go further than them. And, and they act surprised by that. I just, I don't know what else to say. It seems obvious to me what's going on. Armstrong and Getty. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I you. Let's go, Brandon. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This was printed out yesterday. Um, Ohio State revealed their uh, salaries. They have to. This is all public knowledge. Um, they have an army of 132 diversocrats, in quotes. Wow. At an average salary of $77,000 a year, estimated payroll cost every year $13.4 million. 132 people that have titles like these, and I've got them all in front of me. I won't do them all because it would take like an hour. Didn't we do that one time? Something like we that. We did. Yeah, we, we listed a hell of a lot of them. This has got all their names and their salaries, and I won't hit you with every salary, but Associate Vice President, Office of Institutional Equity, makes almost three hundred grand. The Associate Vice President of Talent and Diversity Leadership makes about three hundred grand. Vice President of Diversity Inclusion. Makes a quarter of a million dollars. The associate vice president, Office of Institutional Equity, makes two twenty. Ah, well, you can't have an equitable institution. The so. associate dean, Diversity, Inclusion, and Outreach, makes one eighty three a year. Director, Office of Institutional Equity, one hundred fifty four. The associate vice provost of Diversity and Inclusion makes one hundred fifty four grand a year. What do all these people do? Well, and what do they do in contrast to each other? Here's do they just put out various memos? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, associate Dean, then Director, then Associate Vice Provost, then Associate Dean and Administrative Director, then an Academic Director, then ad- ad Administrative Director, then Program Director of Engineering, Diversity, bet- in- Inclusion, and Outreach. All these people make between hundred and $150,000 a year. Again, there's 138 of these. Wow. Let me go down to the bottom, just for yeah. fun. What makes Scrape the, the bottom of the barrel. These are people that are making... Only uh, $26,000 a year for the program assistant. And then I'm going to lower the boom. I'm going to make a point that will leave you devastated. You might wet your pants. The program is assistant for diversity and inclusion makes twenty six k a year. The program assistant, another one. Uh, the fiscal associate for diversity and inclusion makes $38,000. Uh, academic counselor for diversity and inclusion. Diversity, inclusion, and outreach, which is different than diversity and inclusion, I guess, oh, somehow. Oh, yeah. I mean, please, the outreach takes half, half your time. The office administrative associate for the Office of Institutional Equity makes forty-four grand. Again, there are 132 of these with an average salary of seventy-seven grand, a total of $13.4 million per year. If you're over the age of, what, 40, 45, none of these people existed where you went to college not a single one of them. And how inclusive was your university? Probably quite, because they tend to be very, very left. So everything was fine before without a single one of these humans. But now there's 132 of them at Ohio State and practically every other college. 
Oh, I'm reminded. I just clicked around a little bit. I found it. The Random University Job Administration Job Title Generator. <laughs> uh, let's see. So they turn it out. They turn it out. You read it. And then if it's not position, uh, if it's not prestigious enough for you, you click uh, it again. Assistant Provost for Interdepartmental Technology of the Committee on Investor Communications. <laughs> I'm not doing that job. That's a humiliating job. Uh, there we go. There it is. Oh, sorry. Sorry it hung up. Oh, error server. Oh, did you take your server and shove it? Well, here's the devastating point I was going to make. And this is true of every bureaucracy, government and, and the quasi-government of uh, universities, is that you nobody ever gives up turf or budget. Um, turf being responsibility, respect, the rest of it. So what you've done is you've got 138 people or whatever the number is who are uh, in the Department of Vampires. Never mind that vampires don't exist. They will never, ever, ever admit that or raise their hand and say, there's no reason for my job to exist. They have a specific vested interest in growing the fear of vampires. It's how they grow their turf and their budget and the number of people under them and the, their own status and their own salary and the rest of it. So you have a friggin' army of people on college campuses who must day in and day out preach the necessity of their positions. And what does that yield? You, well, you see it. You know, and what's hilarious and obvious to me is if you fired, if you completely eliminated 10 of those people, nothing would happen. Every Hispanic student on campus would be forced out at, at the point of the, the horseback riding, uh, uh, reins yielding maniacs of the Border Patrol. If even a single one of those assistant deans was dismissed. And as whoever compiled that list pointed out, you could pay for the in-state tuition for 1,200 students for that amount of money. Wow. That's why college is so freaking expensive. You got all those people's salaries you got to pay for. What the hell do they do every day? I mean, honest to God, when they go into work, what are they doing all day every day? Meetings and memos. Meetings and emails. All day long. And various posters they put up around campus. That's just incredible. It's so weird. And will this, will this, this fat ever be stripped away? Probably not because of the nature of bureaucracies, like I was saying. Yeah. When government becomes the most powerful lobbyist of government, we are doomed. Crazy, man. I just Anybody got this job or have a wife or husband who has one of these jobs or a kid? What the hell do they do every day? <laughs> Spend weeks designing a poster to be put up outside the engineering labs. If I come to work and I get there, I roll in at 9. I'm supposed to be there at 9. Here I am at my desk at 9 o'clock. At the, I'm the project manager for diversity, inclusion, and overreach. What am I going to be doing? <laughs> you send alert. out uh, emails to the students saying, if you're a black, gay, Hispanic engineering student and your white professor's ever been the least bit mean to you, please write me an email so I can justify my salary. Or you say, we're having a spaghetti feed this Friday afternoon. Exactly. All right. Uh, <laughs> then you're accused of ethnic stereotyping of poor Italians. Uh, speaking of the pandemic and your money, Americans' pandemic-era excess savings are dwindling for many. Apparently, you know, we, we had uh, the highest rate of savings we'd had in many, many, many decades, going back to previous generations. Because of the pandemic, well, most of it's spent at this point. We've caught back up. 
Yeah, I saw a poll the other day, uh, the number of people whose uh, lives are being uh, adversely affected by inflation that's rapidly rising. I think it was, I can't remember, where is that? Uh, causing hardship for 45% of U.S. households and on the rise. I also ran across a a, a, a congressman um, is saying that, it, that uh, the Fed cutting back and trying to tamp down the economy is an incredible disservice to the working class right now. They finally got rising wages, and all this talk about inflation is phony, which has got to be out of the, either the guy's just an idiot, or it's got to be out of the school of the Bolsheviks who were going to bring on communism if they had to kill millions of people, because it was better for the workers going forward. So if they had to kill a thousand or a million Cossacks or whatever, they were going to do it. I mean, the idea that, oh, yeah, yeah, your wages will will rise much more quickly than consumer prices. I mean, that's that's a horrific. Why would you say that? You, you claim to be the party of the little man and you're claiming that inflation doesn't affect uh, the, the working poor and the middle class. That's that's insane. I have a buddy. Take who, away his car keys and commit him against his will. I have a buddy whose theory is that with raise, ri, rising inflation and rising wages, uh, the plan is to get everybody to end up in the so-called group of uh, taxpayers that are going to pay for the build back better. So Biden <coughs> says you got to make this much money a year before you're going to your taxes are going to go up. Well, now they've got plans in place that everybody's there's going to be enough people's wages rise that a two household income of two fifty is way more common, right? And they'll be paying the taxes exactly. Grossly, grocery grocery store cashiers are going to be making three hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year. <laughs> On the other hand, a house will cost you fifty million, right? From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. And did everybody see this? The beer brand, Natural Light, is now making flavored vodka. It comes in three flavors and even includes a money-back guarantee for unsatisfied customers. Here they are here, the three flavors of vodka, a lemonade, strawberry lemonade, and black cherry lemonade. You're not legally allowed to buy these unless you are currently going through a divorce. (laughs) They're offering a money-back guarantee as long as you submit your your receipt. That shouldn't be a problem. Natty Light drinkers are notoriously good when it comes to detailed financial record keeping. <laughs> I think that's what they're counting on. Yeah, mm. I've I've gone through some Natty Light phases. It really had more to do with my economics at the time than my choice of uh, you know drink. That's what oh, I wanted. Yeah. He said natural light. I honest to God got a little throw up in the back of my mouth. Just a little bit of. Oh. Yeah, yeah, bad memories probably. I'm just guessing. Yeah. yeah. Kind of so uh, mostly cold, natural light. Oh, well, I first knew that I was overly enamored with the brew when I would show up at my band's rehearsal hall and drink room temperature Milwaukee's best the next day. That's not good. That's a sign of some sort. Anyway, the the room temperature really brings the flavors out. I uh, I have some really interesting COVID information for you here. But first, I want to make a, a public announcement. If you will, I, I've I've reached a moment of acceptance of of calmness of Zen. So, uh, long story short, the local multi-service company, cable, internet, phone, you know, and there's several. 
And I'm not going to name mm-hmm. them. Not yet. Not now. Did I say not yet? I'm just going to say not now. <laughs> I need them. I need them to do something. Okay? They've agreed to do that. Money has changed hands. And the one thing I've made clear over and over again is I need to know you're coming. You can't come when I'm not there. You can't come in the middle of something. Just tell me you're going to. You want to give me the classic freaking four to six hour window? Okay, that's fine. I'll accept that. Just tell me when you're freaking showing up. And here I am in the middle of work. Just get a text from Judy. They're here. They want to dig. They want to disconnect everything and blah, blah, blah. But I have to be there to tell them where and how and the rest of it. So uh, here's my, my moment is in, my realization. I am not the customer. They are the customer, apparently. And the customer mm-hmm. is always right. If you want to come to my home, punch me in the face, uh, murder my dog in front of me, uh, maybe sodomize my wife. I don't know. You want to burn the place to the ground? You want to spit on my corpse? You're going to do that, apparently. You are the champion, my friend. You are the supreme (laughs) beings. You are my God. I am your servant. You can do anything you want, and I'll still have to deal with you because you have a virtual monopoly in my area. So let me lick your boot heels. Mm, Yummy, yummy boot heels. My glorious and kind oppressors. Holy crap. You having a good time, Joe? I've had a similar relationship with a certain utility company that may or may not have burnt down an entire town um, and constantly trying to figure out things with my my solar and, you know, how much how the electricity goes and the bills and everything like that. And there's just no way you can make an appointment. They just they just show up randomly. They'll just show up. We're ready. There's nobody there. What do you mean you're you're there? What? I just talked to somebody the other day about when you could come out and then they just show up. And it's a similar thing. And it's a monopoly. There's no other company to go to. So they do whatever the hell they want. The last people out at the house were incredibly apologetic and said, Oh, yeah, we've, uh, you know, we've had this escalated and our boss is honest and blah, blah. I just really apologize. I say, Okay, you know, that's cool. You're nice folks. You're doing your best. I understand that. But here's the key thing. I need to know your company. Oh, yes, sir. Understood, sir. Yes, sir. And then they just effing show up again. Unbelievable. Anyway, moving along. Have you heard about this uh, Chinese bat fever that's going around? They call it COVID-19. So Mm. since it began a cup of coffee ago, COVID has followed a regular, if mysterious, cycle. Quoting from the New York Times, in one country after another, the number of new cases surges for roughly two months, then starts to fall. The Delta variant, despite being intensely contagious, has followed this pattern. You remember, we talked about this on the show. Delta took hold uh, during the wintertime in India. Caseloads there rose crazy for two months. Everybody was panicked, plummeted, nearly identical rate immediately after. Britain, caseloads rose for almost exactly two months before peaking in July. Now, you want to talk about a couple of contrasting countries. You've got the vast, soon to be bigger than China, India, uh, very rural, very poor, backward healthcare system in a lot of it, the rest of it. And then you got Great Britain for the love of heaven. Same pattern. Indonesia, same they thing. Both speak, Thailand. They both, they both speak with a British accent though, which is interesting. And they both play cricket, which is inscrutable to me. I understand you're supposed to hit the ball, but then they just run back and forth. Why? 
<laughs> and it takes days. You haven't gotten anywhere. Anyway, uh, so same thing in Indonesia, Thailand, France, Spain, several other countries, every single one of them. The Delta surge lasted between a little over a month and a half and a little under two and a half. In other words, two months. I'm looking at these graphs. They're uncanny. And in the U.S. Well, states, go ahead. I couldn't have told you the, the length, month and a half, two months or whatever. But my just following this over the last year and a half, that's what. I've perceived just through following this story is that it seems to roll into places, stick around for a while and leave, regardless of how much social distancing and masking you did and your vaccination rates and all those different things. It just kind of comes in, does its thing and leaves no matter what country, town, state. Now, this is some good even-handed observing by the New York Times, but don't fret. They'll be incredibly annoying and liberal in just a minute, <laughs> so stay with us. But um, in the U.S. states where the Delta first caused case roll, uh, case loads to rise, cycles on its downside. It's two months later. Case numbers in Arkansas, Florida, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, with all those murderous Republican governors who are killing their people, they've started falling again and are falling sharply. Now, Why? New York Times asked experts about the two-month cycles, and they acknowledged they could not explain it. Says Michael Osterholm, who I've seen uh, quoted many times, University of Minnesota epidemiologist, quote, We are still really in the caveman ages in terms of understanding how viruses emerge, how they spread, how they start and stop, and why they do what they do. Keep that in mind the next time you hear a dope like Gavin Newsom or a governor or a county public health person or a state public health person declare with 100% certainty what needs to be done and why. I was around somebody yesterday and they uh, they were uh, masked and uh, requesting that we be masked even though they're vaccinated. We're vaccinated because they have a friend who is vaccinated that's pretty sick right now. And uh, And what they said was, you know, there's an awful lot we don't know about this thing. And I thought, you know, you were right about that. You are right about that. There is a there is a lot we don't know about this this thing. Did you hit them with my line? Don't we all wear masks? <laughs> See if that helps. <laughs> don't we all every day wear our masks? Anyway, you yeah. know that's a respectful way to put it. But anyway, back to the uh, the explanation. Two broad categories of explanations seem plausible. The experts say one involves the virus itself. Uh huh. Rather than spreading into spreads in waves that happen to follow a similar timeline. Some people may be especially susceptible to a variant like Delta, and once many of them have been exposed to it, the virus starts to recede until a new variant causes the cycle to begin again, or until, we hope, population approaches herd immunity. The second plausible explanation, but far less plausible in my mind, involves human behavior. Uh, people don't circulate randomly through the world. They live in social clusters. Oh, this, this part I didn't mind. Uh, maybe the virus needs about two months to circulate, to circulate through a typical sized cluster. People who hang out together, go to school together, work together, etc. And, and then they get into the, well, maybe it's because people mask and then, uh, then they get tired of masking and then the cases rise and so they mask again and they social distance and they wash their hands and no, come on, come on. How many different countries, different states? How many different times do we have to see these same sine waves up and down before we realize it's just, it's going to do what it's going to do. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take any precautions. I'm vaccinated happily. So I'll get the booster as soon as I can. But, um, there's been a whole lot of bellowing. We're following the science style hyperconfidence and banning people from from social media if they dare argue with the conventional wisdom which is going to change next week by the way 
I mean, come on. Can we get a little more humble in the discussion? Uh, yeah. It'll, I hope I live long enough to, like, follow all this long term. What they determine about the disease itself and what they determine about lockdowns and the, the economics of it and all that sort of stuff. Of course, nothing will be learned from it. The one thing you learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. See well, I would... Afghanistan compared to the war in Vietnam. Same freaking thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, if we follow the same protocols for accountability and, and responsibility as we have uh, in the Afghanistan debacle, no, I think what we'll get mostly is denial and spin and uh, dishonesty. But eh, it's humankind. That's why Homo sapiens are my least favorite species. Mm. They're mad. Some days, some days mosquitoes they they get like a, a little mosquito nose ahead, but then human beings do something loathsome and they're right back in first. Armstrong and Getty. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you tired of gulping down the lying filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single day. Gulping down lying filth. Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you, and it'll be fun at the same time. You have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Four episodes available every day via the iHeartRadio app or wherever you download your podcasts. So it's interesting bring up, bring up the bathroom thing. That reminds me. So over the weekend, I needed a new pair of jeans. My favorite pair of jeans, the crotch ripped out in, like a big Ugh. hole ripped out in the crotch. And it was pointed out to me by someone, hey, there's a giant hole in your crotch. Oh, boy. And I mean, you could, I mean, it was like three inches in diameter. And I mean, and you could see like, you know, right to my underwear and part of my leg. I was going to say, I'm assuming and praying you were wearing some sort of undergarment. So I really like these jeans. So actually, over the weekend... Or was your schwanz just hanging out? <laughs> so when I, so so over the weekend, I bought a sewing kit at CVS. Nice. And I, and I sewed up the hole in my jeans. Wow, old school. Way to go. But apparently, I didn't use thick enough thread because I'm going to uh, uh, the hospital to visit someone. And I get in my car and I lift my leg up to get up in my truck and it rips open the hole again. Ah! And I was on, I was at the hospital and I, so I ended up walking into the hospital with this big hole in my pants and I had to stand in such a way or sit in such a way that you wouldn't be looking like right at my leg and my underwear. Cause oh yeah, I think I could get arrested for some sort of exposing yourself sex crime. The pants were. So then I'm at a mall and, uh, I decide I need a new pair of jeans and, uh, and God, there's nothing worse than like buying clothes at the mall. And but you, you got to try them on because Levi's quality control, as I've mentioned, is so crappy that if you buy three pairs of thirty-three, thirty-fours, which is what I wear, one of them will be so tight you can't get them on. One of them, two of us could fit in, and the other one will be just right, all exactly wow. the same size. That's how bad wow. their quality control is. So I go to the uh, fitting room. And uh, there's a line like, because most of the fitting rooms are closed because of COVID, which is stupid. There's only one fitting room open, and there's a line of like 50 guys there. And I thought, I'm wait, not wait, wait, this. isn't that like the opposite of what you should do to avoid the spread of a disease? Everybody's going to go in the same small room <laughs> to prevent COVID. <laughs> ah, boy. What the bleep? I know, it's all stupid. Anyway, so I decided I'm going to go upstairs to the women's department and see if there's not a line there, because I just want to try in these pants and get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, and hang out in the dressing room, Your Honor. That's and why I was... As I'm going up the uh, escalator, I'm thinking to myself, are fitting rooms 
men and women only, or are they open for everybody? I wasn't even exactly sure. Because some stores, fitting rooms are for everybody. But some stores, they aren't. Anyway, I got, right. up, I got upstairs here. I think it was, a, well, I won't say the name of the store. I get upstairs and I say, can I use this fitting room? And she says, that's for women only. And I thought, and I didn't get in the argument. I thought, so we have restrooms probably in this store that say male or female on them because you don't want to run afoul of the transgender people. So right. I could go into the women's restroom and show my wiener to, to women, maybe even underage women in this right. restroom, but I can't try in a pair of jeans alone in a closet in this female. I just thought this, we, we, we live in a crazy world. It is crazy. We live in a crazy world. It's stupid. The idea is you just shut up and go along. You do what you're told. The ID logs will control ye. It's impossible to find a restroom. So my uh, my my son has to use the restroom a lot, and uh, so we need restrooms when we're out and about and a lot. It's impossible to find a public restroom. Two reasons: one, COVID. A lot of them are closed for COVID, and two, ever since Starbucks got sued by that, uh, you know, the gentlemen that were there that they thought were homeless or whatever, and then they got sued for being racist. So many businesses have closed down their restrooms now. It's almost impossible to use a restroom in public anymore. That's the society we've crafted. Well, luckily in California, you could go on the street. Yeah, that's funny. And My it, son brought that up the other day. He said, because we saw a homeless camp that was just trash everywhere. He said, how come the homeless people don't have the same rules for trash that we have? <laughs> that's a very good question, I said. Yeah. If I yeah, litter, it's no against kidding. the law. You know, got to keep your yard a certain way, blah, all these different things. Homeless people, they can do whatever the hell they want anywhere. They can have dogs off leash. They can have garbage. Toxins, environmentalists sure. don't care. Doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Let's take just a minute to tell you about our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera. Yep, that's right. Simply Safe, the system that U.S. News and World Report names best home security system of 2021, they just got even better. This brand new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features you want and need to help keep you and your family safe. It's an ultra-wide 140-degree field of view, so you can keep watch over your entire yard. 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. That means you can zoom in and clearly see things like faces and license plates to capture critical evidence. Ooh, and it also has built-in spotlight with color night vision, so you can keep an eye on what's going on day and night. It's super simple to set up, by the way. Usually it just takes a few minutes. To learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, <clears throat> to learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Simply Safe is celebrating with 20% off your entire new system, your first month of monitoring free. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Mike Richards is out as the Jeopardy executive producer. Three weeks after naming him as Alex Trebek's replacement to host the show, Sony cited disruption and internal difficulties in its announcement that he will leave the program entirely. Now, I don't remember. The disruption was because he had some tweets out there? Podcasts. Podcast. That's right. He had a podcast. Yeah, he talked about boobies. And he made references to Jews in terms of nose size and that sort of thing. And it was it was all dumb. It didn't sound career-ending to me, but uh, well, the modern world and I are somewhat out of step. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, good luck finding creative people to host your Oscars or being in the entertainment business at all that haven't said something in the past 
that is not politically correct for you by today's standards. Good luck. I wish you well. The people who need to hear this lecture will never hear it nor understand it. But the very point of comedy is to poke poke at at the powerful, at the establishment, at the things that are different, at things that uh, we fear. The whole point of humor is to upset things. And people like edgy and kind Mm -hmm. of naughty. The problem, and we deal with this every single day of our lives, is uh, when does edgy cross over into fire D? <laughs> you, you lose your jobby. <laughs> and um, and the problem is the line changes on a regular basis. Everybody's Every individual has a different line, and then the line has changed a lot. There are things we said regularly just a few years ago that I wouldn't dare say now. Um, Well, and there are people who will also feign indignation and hurt at what you've said in order to uh, end you and control you. And and frequently, whether it's a company or or, you know, well, usually it's a private company, but a government agency, they will say, well, I don't you know, I don't agree. I think it was fine. But these people are really mad. So it'd probably be less trouble to just get rid of this person and end their career. So there's an enormous amount of cowardice in the face of the Puritans. It's sickening. Everything woke turns to sh- <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President. That's a good point and well said.